Hello, and welcome to episode 361 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fan's weekly podcast of many topics, usually of the retro variety. And today we are here to discuss the Xeno series. Uh, you know, a, a series that we've talked about a lot on the podcast recently. We've done episodes on Xeno Saga. We had a spoiler cast on Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So we've spent a lot of time talking about Xeno lately, which makes me and I think many of our other panelists very happy. Uh, but today we are going to be doing another one of our draft episodes, which I'll talk more about what that means soon here. But it's going to be a draft episode for the entire Xeno series. But before we get into all that, I want to go ahead and introduce our panelists. Um, we'll start with uh, Izzy. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. And Wes Eiliff. Hey, everybody. And Tyler Trosper. Hello. And I suppose I should have mentioned this, but I'm your host, Zach Wilkerson. Um, uh, Celosi is not here today. Um, I don't think he's quite played enough Xeno games to uh, participate in the discussion. But, um, you know, and I th actually think that I'm guessing that I have actually played the fewest Xeno games of anyone on this list <laughs> or on our podcast. But uh, before we actually get to the draft itself and I explain the format, I want to talk a little bit about something that I guess we've talked about a lot recently, but I feel like it's good for someone who's just coming into this episode, which is just what our history with the Xeno series is. Um, and Izzy and Tyler's, I know yours pretty well, but Wes, I don't know yours very well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with the Xeno series? So uh, my my history kind of started when I was walking around, uh, I think it was still a GameStop at the time, and saw an interesting little case with a, a cool looking anime dude on it and was like, hey, I'll check this out. Turns out it was not long after Xenogears had released, um, and I was absolutely hooked. This is like just as I was getting into my mech era where I love anything with giant robots in it. Um, so I absolutely fell in love, and as soon as I heard that there was a spiritual follow-up coming out, um, with Xeno Saga, I, I immediately jumped on. Um, Xenoblade eventually, like, you know, veered just far enough out that it's not, like, quite so uh, so dedicated a space in my heart as the rest of the series, but still absolutely love it. The way that stories are told in this series are very unique and something I absolutely love. Yeah, and I really enjoyed your write-up for our editor's picks for Game of the Year for Xenoblade 3. It's like the best game that I will take multiple breaks while playing. Yes, absolutely. And as a person who had to beat Xenoblade 3 in like nine days, I am jealous. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> way to God, play it. That'd be a rough one to marathon. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, but, you know, summer break has its, it has its perks. Um, so, Tyler, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your history with the series, since I think some of the listeners probably know a little bit already. Yeah, they're probably sick of me talking <laughs> at this point. I, I got in it kind of weird. I, I jumped on Xenosaga first, and then I had heard about Xenogears from, like, forums, and I stepped back and played that and then i yeah i've played a lot of other uh xenoblade games and monolith soft games and i just absolutely love the series like yeah i have a podcast and have just done other fan projects in regards to like xenosaga and i just it's it's what i've based my personality on and that's who i am you, i am nothing are, without it 
<laughs> you are a delightful human outside of Zeno, but you also worked for Operation Rainfall, and his podcast is called Zeno Chat. Everybody should go listen. Um, I really enjoy listening to that podcast, um, even with games Thank that I don't remember as well. Um, and I have you. to avoid anything that might be Zeno Saga related because I'm not quite through that series yet, but we'll get to that in a second. Yes. Um, Izzy, what about you? Yeah, so uh, I came into the series as, you know, back in the days of golden days of rental, renting games. Um, here's Zeno Gears on the shelf. Have to rent that game. It has mecha, it has anime. Looked great uh unfortunately it's you know a long game and rental uh times at my local rental place were not that long so there was a lot of re-renting it to try and finish it i never actually finished it at the time i watched the opening video a lot because it's sick and when you're renting something and you know you can't keep it for long sometimes you do things like that <laughs> but i i did beat it years later um when I think it was, I think it was released as a PlayStation Classic on the um, on PlayStation Network, um, and that's when I finally beat it. Uh, Xeno Saga were also games I rented and never actually owned and played a lot of, but never beat until later when I got a chance to play them again. Played the whole trilogy, loved that. Um, Xeno Blade was there from the beginning of the release in um, North America, which quite a bit later than Japanese release, as you hinted at, with the Operation Rainfall stuff. So I have been there for since the beginning, I guess, but I didn't finish a lot of the games at the time until later, um, but have always loved the series. Love Mecha like everyone else on this panel. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, in, in my history, uh, and again, I'll try to keep this brief because people are probably sick of hearing about it by now, but... Um, uh, I played Xenogears basically on release. Um, that's the only time I've played Xenogears. I don't remember Xenogears very well. I remember being very confused and struggling with it as a 12-year-old. Um, but I remember liking it. Uh, but I don't remember it well enough. So just a hint to the other panelists, when we go through our draft, you might have a good shot at Xenogears characters if you're picking right after me. <laughs> um, and then Xenosaga came out like right as I was at the end of high school and then like early college. It was just sort of a time when I didn't play a lot of RPGs. And its reputation was not um, necessarily one that indicated that I was going to love it at the time. It turns out that I do love it. Um, I played Xenosaga Episode 1, as some of you probably know for the podcast, very recently. And I really, really enjoyed Xenosaga uh, once I kind of got into its very, shall we say, unique rhythm. <laughs> um, and then I played uh, Xenoblade 1 uh, well after release, probably uh, 2017, 2018. I absolutely loved it. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is an all-time favorite of mine. Dumped way more hours into that than I should say. And uh, Xenoblade 3, uh, I reviewed for the site. Um, I thought it was uh, an all-timer, um, almost out of the gate. Um, I played a little bit of Cross as well, but um, I haven't spent a ton of time with it. Uh, maybe 10, 15 hours because I was playing on too small of a TV at the time. I need to get back to it. I just bought a new TV the other day, so maybe now's the time. <laughs> um, so, um, thanks for uh, covering all that. Uh, so, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be uh, performing a, a draft, a fantasy draft, and if you're not as uh, familiar or uh, obsessed with fantasy football as I once was, and please, if you're not, don't get into it, it's not worth it, uh, you, you might not be familiar with the way that drafts usually work. So, uh, the way that most drafts work um, is that it's sort of a snake. So, uh, we're, we have four people who are going to be picking today, um, and then obviously the first pick will be the first pick, and then one, two, three, four, and then the person who has the fourth pick 
We'll then get the fifth pick after that. And then we'll go back and forth until we filled out our rosters. Um, and in terms of the categories for who we're drafting, if you're at home and want to think about who you might uh, want for some of these categories, uh, we're going to be drafting one protagonist, one antagonist or villain, which is a pretty loose category for us, uh, three supporting characters. And that just means anybody who's not doesn't fit into any other category, basically. Um, we're going to draft one mech, which uh, I can't remember who made that suggestion, but thank you. It's an excellent one. I think it was Wes. Was, that was you, right, Wes? Yeah, that's the kind of thing I'd suggest. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent <laughs> choice. Um, sort of inspired uh, by our game of the year, we've started doing animal mascot characters, and we think that's perfect for Xeno. Um, in fact, uh, Riku and Manana um, from Xenoblade 3, I think, placed runner-up for us in that this last year. Mm-hmm. And then a flex from any Monolith soft game. Um, and I know that Monolith hasn't made that many games as a company where they are at the lead, but they have helped with a ton of games. So for our flex position, you can pick any character that has appeared in any Monolith, any game that Monolith has worked on or helped on. And if you go to the Wikipedia page, you will see that there are a lot of games. Some of them may be kind of surprising. Um, but less surprising in some cases, like Breath of the Wild. I think most people know that Monolith helped with that. Um, so yeah, does that make sense to everybody? Yes, absolutely. Yep, perfect. So, uh, and our draft order was determined before with uh, maybe the most ridiculous thing I've ever done in my whole life, but that felt like a very slowsy thing to do. I won't even bother describing it to everyone right now. Um, but Wes, you are up first, and you have the very first pick, which means you get your pick of anybody from the Xeno series or Monolith Soft in general. Listen, somebody had to go first, which means somebody was going to get Cosmos, and that might as well be me. <laughs> Dang it! Oh, okay. I, no I almost felt guilty taking that one from you, Tyler. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> I but have I, other I mean, How can you resist? Cosmos is... Maybe the the best character, uh, at least for my money, in the entire series, um, not just from like being incredibly valuable in a gameplay perspective, but her her evolution, her her dives into humanity versus that you know icy cold exterior that that comes through for especially the first game. Um, seeing her bond with people and seeing how those bonds kind of change her over time. Um, She's amazing. She's an incredible character design, no matter which game you take her from. Uh, I don't know. Cosmos is an obvious choice, right? Yes. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited when I saw I was first. (laughs) You know, there wasn't any chance I was going to take Cosmos, only because I knew that if I didn't have the first pick, I wasn't going to get Cosmos, right? Uh, But also, like, I've only played the first Xenosaga game, and I like Cosmos there a lot, and I really loved, uh, but I didn't pull her quite as early as some people in Xenoblade 2, but I did pull her in (laughs) Xenoblade 2, and she was uh, one of the MVPs of my party. But yeah, I mean, I think that she is such an iconic element like if there is a mascot character for the xeno series um i feel like it's definitely cosmos and there's a reason for it she's got uh, incredible character design her interactions with Xion, even like the moment she wakes up in xeno saga are really fascinating um and i i can't wait to sort of see where they take her in episode two and three um especially given what happened at the end of episode one i don't want to spoil anything for those listening who haven't played um but i, I think that she's a great 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 first pick See, the fact that she was my first rare blade in Xenoblade 2, I think I should have had that <gasps> pick, but uh, wow. I guess I can... You, you've already had your luck, okay? <laughs> you, yeah, you had, your, you had your luck. Fair. 
Okay, and that's Cosmos, maybe the least surprising first pick in the history of the retro fantasy drafts. <laughs> and uh, with our second pick, uh, Tyler has our second pick. Who you okay. got? All right. I don't know if people would are going to be disappointed by this or not, but I'm going to choose my protagonist, and that is Shion Uzuki. How dare you? That hurt. <laughs> that was my first pick even before Cosmos. Oh, no. no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was so broken up between those two for the first pick. Oh. Okay. I'm happy that I claimed her then. I, I know there's some people either love or hate Xion, but I'm one of the, the camp that absolutely loves Xion. I was a little disappointed that there was some Xion uh, uh, smack talk in our Zenosaga episodes. Um, but I just absolutely love her. She She's just a very, I don't know, tragic character. She goes through a lot of, uh, she has a lot of trauma, and I I just absolutely love her and her arc. Again, I'm going to chime in even when I shouldn't, so please, everybody else should. But um, again, only having played Xenosaga 1, um, I was not one of the people who was smacking, talking Xion for sure, because I think she's a great character. Um, and I love um, what they've set up with her, because I feel like in Xenosaga 1, obviously she's like empathetic to a point that I understand that maybe some people are annoyed by that. But like, I don't feel like her empathy is in any way over the top. Um, her relationship with Cosmos is really interesting. And I just am really fascinated and want to know so much more about her history. And I'll be honest, as much as I like Junior, knowing that Junior is sort of the main protagonist, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, of Xenosaga Episode 2, I'm like, oh, does that mean I'm not going to spend as much time with Xion? That makes me kind of sad. So I think, I think she's a great pick. Thank you. Yeah, luckily, um, while the story focuses a lot on Junior, you'll still be running around as Xion for the most part. Um, yeah, she has her moments in Episode yeah. 2 still. And yeah, she's... I mean, I'll chime in too. She's fantastic. She's, I love character growth in video games, and she grows so much while never changing the core of her character. Mm-hmm. You know, she becomes more, more um, rounded. I don't want to go into too many spoilers over the course of the series, but that core of kindness and empathy that she has never really goes away. And seeing that in a character all the way through the entire series and never having them go dark or, or you know, at least not nothing permanently like, oh, I'm just going to be broken down by the world and just stay that positive without being a caricature is rare. I'm going to say, uh, not to say, have anything against anyone on RPG fan that doesn't like Xion for any reason, but I think a lot of the hatred for her comes from the fact that a lot of people played Xenosaga for the first time as teenage boys. And they saw... Xion as a character that was too feminine and and too I don't know just too weak for them not cool enough that kind of thing but everything you're saying about how much growth she has and I don't know she has such a strong personality and it plays through the entire series she's just cool yeah I mean I think that um even like based on like forum conversations that I saw at the time, even though I hadn't played Xenosaga, that's probably fair. Um, I don't really think that's necessarily what Celosi or Peter's uh, criticisms were, but I do think that um, it is, um, it, I think it's a, a really smart way of thinking about it. I think you might be onto something there too. Young Wes, who didn't know they were non-binary yet, found this character, fell in love. That feminine energy really spoke to to me. I don't know, maybe you're onto something here. <laughs> A lot of characters like that in JRPGs, I think. I think we, I can relate strongly. <laughs> mm. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, she she's a phenomenal character, even just in episode one, and I can't wait mm-hmm. to see, especially given how much you guys are hyping up her uh, growth, and I, I already mm-hmm. knew I was going to play Xenosaga 2 and 3, so I'm glad to hear it. Um, so uh, next up is me with my third pick, and, you know, hmm, I wasn't going to take these two because I knew that they would probably be taken very early on. Stop. <laughs> I think that I am going to take Riku. From Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Good choice. <laughs> Very good choice. Uh, so, uh, you know, Riku, uh, one of the reasons I'm choosing Riku is because I feel like there's a, a limited number of animal mascot characters that I really want. But also, Riku is one of my two favorite characters in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, and one of the main reasons for it is that he's a Napon that doesn't annoy the living hell out of me. <laughs> he's fin- he's fantastic. Um, we don't really know anything about him. Uh, we almost, um, I think Izzy uh, was trying to convince us to create a Satan XP um, <laughs> group or uh, category before this. And it's because uh, he sort of stands in uh, and we don't know if he's maybe uh, some other characters from elsewhere in the series. But even outside of that, um, he's just got this like, calm like kind of gruff but funny but also like deeply kind personality um he's really funny he's like self-serious in really interesting and amusing ways and he plays such a critical role in the story in the ways that we don't know that he is one of like the seven great Napons. i can't remember exactly what they're called and you just kind of like oh yeah that last that last one's back in the camp um and, and just it, the way that he uh interacts with the characters um i think is really interesting i love how he sort of functions as a as a guide to noah and i cannot wait to find out more about him in the dlc and if they don't give us more about him in the dlc i will riot <laughs> love riku yeah i absolutely love riku he might be probably my favorite uh napon character um Sorry, Riki, but yeah, I, I, he's, he's, he's great, and I just, I also love the fact that the party like are like secretly trying to like pair him and Manana, and it's adorable. Uh, there are no other Nopon that are this like respectable and upstanding while still feeling <laughs> like Nopon. Uh, absolutely fell in love with this character immediately. One of the only Xeno Saga or or Xenoblade three picks that I had on my list. Because I haven't beaten the game and didn't want to take too much, but Riku is too good. So that's Riku, which was my number one on my board. I was very excited to get him. I didn't want anybody else to have my boy Riku. So with the final pick in the first round, Izzy. Okay. Uh, so some picks I already had high up already taken. So um, I'm going to start with... Uh, my monolith flex because i think this is possibly the best character in every single in any single monolith soft game and i don't want to lose them even though i don't know if anyone else would take them and that is gilo from baton kaitos or dang it oh yeah, my you god were good to grab that one <laughs> no that, that's who i had <laughs> me too <laughs> so gilo is an amazing character uh super powerful party member very good at healing also just has some of the best combos in the game uh but also they are incredibly amusing say some of the funniest stuff i Mm -hmm. they i laughed out loud at so many lines from them 
uh, also kind of non-binary hero in <laughs> considering they literally have an overlapping male and female voice and it actually works really well. Very cool. Very enjoyable to listen to. Um, their design is very um, androgynous uh, and they just look super cool. I don't know, just one of my favorite characters that Monolith Soft has ever created. And uh, anything else I say is a spoiler, basically. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I really love Gyo and I'm Oh man, that yeah, they were my favorite character in Bot and Kaito's Origins, and very, very good pick. I I need to do some thinking now. Yeah, I approve. Uh, even if I'm angry at it. <laughs> <laughs> I now I haven't played Bet and Kaito's, um, which is one of the reasons that I made our monolith flex flex pick so broad because it's like I haven't played Bet and Kaito's, and I feel like I need to play this to have a good pick for monolith. So from everything I've heard, uh, Alana talks about uh, Bet and Kaito's all the time. Um, I, I, I feel like this is an excellent choice. And Izzy also has the fifth pick. So what do you got? <sighs> okay. Uh, with that one out of the way that I'm very glad I picked now that Wes and Tyler said they would have taken Gilo uh, too. So now, now things are a little more open. Um, I think I'm going to pick one of my supporting characters who is probably my favorite character in the Xenoblade series, which is Melia antiqua uh yeah so i hate you so much right now that was literally <laughs> my next pick <laughs> that went off. literally my next pick <laughs> you're welcome i mean how this how is... can you not pick melia really this is a plus drafting oh. content i appreciate it i mean okay how can you not though when she... so i personally xenoblade one i don't think has the greatest combat system i think it had some cool ideas and things didn't really work out super well because of things like the fact that you can't switch party members easily and the roles are still super strongly defined despite the fact you can't switch them and the fact that shulk has the uh monado which like is super important to the vast majority of combat but then you have melia who can hurt mechon because she uses magic magic um and she just has this nice loop to her gameplay that no other character in the game has. So, like, she completely transforms the concept of playing that combat system in a way that is just great. And that alone would earn her a pick on my list. But then she's also the best character in that game. She has the most growth. She's got, I don't know, more to do with the story than pretty much anyone other than Shulk. She's just so ingrained into the plot and the world, and it's hard not to love her. She's just wonderful. And then she's also in Xenoblade 3, so she's got two Xenoblade games under her belt. I mean, this is this is an excellent choice, obviously, Absolutely. since it was my next choice. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that Melia, um, I, I'm not sure how many of you guys have played Future Connected here. Has anybody here played Future Connected? Yeah, yes. Okay. Um, yes. And I feel like um, Melia, um, and, and I, I don't really don't like Future Connected all that much. Um, I feel like um, it's sort of like weirdly distant from both Shulk and Melia, and they're just kind of observers of events. Um, but I, I do think it gets to, I think the reason that Future Connected exists exists at all is because people like Melia so much. Um, and because people were so upset about the way that she was shafted um, 
we'll say by the ending of Xenoblade One, um, and I'm and I actually kind of liked that ending. I thought that it, it sort of fit her character, even though obviously I would have hoped for something better for her. But yeah, I mean, I think that you can see her in combat. Um, if I'm not controlling Shulk, I'm controlling Melia, and just the way I think that given that the rest of the combat, I think, and I agree with you, is so kind of basic, especially compared to two or three, she's the one that has the most level of depth and thought. And I'm really thinking about like how I'm setting up these dots and how I'm using and expending um, these different uh, magics at different times. I can't figure out at all how to use her in different games effectively. But in this one, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, she's, in addition to just being a phenomenal character, she is so fun to control in combat, for my money, like, Balancing all those different orbs and and uh, being a character that you almost have to control to get the most out of. I don't know. That made me happy. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, speaking of women who are amazing in Xeno series, um, and I'm not going to go with the pick that some people are probably expecting here. Um, I'm going to pick my anti- or my protagonist, rather. And it's one that I didn't even occur to me until about uh, n- an no, hour no, before no, recording. No. And that is Laura. <laughs> No. From Xenoblade Chronicles 2, The Golden Country. You know what? I, oh. I, I am so happy to hear your pain right now, Izzy. Hey. After you stole Melia from me. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Well, there um, goes my first two protagonist picks. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I, as soon as I thought about it, I was like, oh, no, there, there it is. Um, you know, and I, I literally just wrote up Noah for protagonist for like our game of the year. Um, and Noah was definitely uh, in the conversation for me. And it's who I thought I was going to go for because I really like Noah. But Laura is a perfect protagonist. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, you learn so much about her throughout the course of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, and she sort of sits out here as like this almost like mythical figure because um, she is like all, all the characters of Torna are these mythical figures to some degree. But the way that she brings such a grounded humanity and like joy to the proceedings in Torna, which are often very dark. Um, and, and just how uh, fun she is to control. Like, you know, you're, you either can control her or Jin, and Jin is obviously super fun to control in combat, um, and Hayes as well. But just how, how, how much she brings humanity to the role and how much she serves as a super stark contrast to Rex uh, with her maturity um, and the way that she's uh, functioning. And I, I like Rex more than most, but um, I think that she is just a, just a fantastic protagonist. And in a lot of ways, the tragedy of Laura's story uh, carries so much weight in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And then uh, to see it in uh, Torna, I thought, um, or at least, you know, the beginnings of it and see her as a real person, I thought was just fantastic. I will never get tired of hearing her say, aren't we intrepid? Just, <laughs> I love her voice actor for sure. Her voice acting is great. Yeah, and I really loved her dynamic with Jen. It was kind of wholesome. I'm also superficially a sucker for unique weapons, and the freaking like rope dart grappling hook <gasps> yeah. kind of thing is amazing. It's so is. cool. Yeah, yeah, Laura's just great. I don't even know what I would have. I would have said mostly what Zach said, I guess, if I had gotten the pick. Um, she's just a great character. Uh, the fact that Torna came out after Xenoblade Two, and you already have her history, and then get to explore her life a bit i don't know it's just there's such a weight to playing torna Mm -hmm. and playing as laura yeah i agree i mean and it's it's interesting because so often people um are you know don't like prequels (laughs) um and i think about something like i don't know better call saul if anybody's watched that or 
this, of course, and just the way that it can add humanity to these larger than life figures, um, I think is really a great way to do a prequel. And she is the best example of that. Obviously, Adam, I think, is really, I mean, we don't even see Adam in the flesh at all in, in the base game. And he's great too, but just Laura is such a great character. So now that I have chosen the best protagonist, no offense, Tyler, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's your pick. So oh. who you got? Okay, now I feel like I need to make this pick now. Uh, so I'm going to pick my antagonist, um, and that is Albedo from Xenosaga. Good pick. Yeah. Oh, killer pick. That's crossing one off of mine, too. D- didn't even put him on my list, because I knew he'd be the first one off the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured I should Yeah, choose him now. He is a very... Ooh. He is a very or at least to me, is very iconic villain. He's, he's, yeah, especially, in, well, in episode one, he's got some wolf uh, moments. Um, but as the series progresses, he, you kind of learn more about his madness, um, especially in Zenosa episode two, and um, it does not excuse any of the terrible things that he's done, but he is a very like a super interesting villain and like his story just i yeah he, i just love everything about him and his voice acting is top notch crispin freeman went went hard on him and it's it, it's it's great i i just love albedo albedo sits in like that tier of like luca blight to me so Agreed. He, that's a great that's a great comparison yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean i again I, I don't know as much about albedo as some but that scene in uh i don't i won't, won't spoil anything for anybody who's listening and hasn't played xenosaga but there's a scene that he has with uh who's the uh younger girl in xenosaga? momo 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 <laughs> um yeah in, i figured that was what you were gonna bring in up. xenosaga um that like he drops like seven different quotes from Shakespeare in it, and it's just like so wildly <laughs> and insanely over the top um, that it like it goes beyond parody into actually being frightening. Um, that it, it, it's he he's he carries so many scenes in that game. I mean, he brings such a life to that game that yeah, he's he's a fantastic pick. All right, and so uh, now that Albedo is off the board, Wes, you have the final pick in the second round. There's so many good choices here. Um, I think I think I'm picking my mech because uh, I'm that you know one of the bigger Tokusatsu fans on here on on the staff, which is you know I'm not going to say the biggest. There are a lot of us here, but I need a good <laughs> combining mech. Um, I need a combining mech to make me happy. So I am taking Urtikaiser from the Xenosaga series. Ooh. Oh, um, that's great pick. I did not even think of it. Great, great pick. <laughs> I have all of these nice, normal, like, you know, gears that you pilot and everything. And then I've got Urtikaiser <laughs> sitting right on top. Because um, it's, it's such a fascinating mech, especially in the first game. You know, you acquire Urtikaiser by um, getting robot parts and taking them to kind of a mad scientist, weird ass mech builder. Um, who makes you all of these little vehicle components and like, hey, here's this like spinning top kind of thing. Here's a plane. And those are summons that you can call in. Um, but ultimately, once you get them all, they can combine up into like a Power Rangers style <laughs> transformer. <giant robot>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, take, your, take your pick of any cool Japanese combining <laughs> robot. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
it breaks the game. I mean, you can like summon Urtikaiser twice on the last boss or something close to that and and beat the game. <laughs> um but also it's just this ridiculously brash colorful design that I mm-hmm. uh, am in love with. Can someone explain that summon animation to me? So like I understand the robot parts coming together. That totally makes sense to me. But then there's like all these shots of like a moon and I'm like what's happening here? Like I don't understand. Like I only used it like twice after I got it cuz I didn't the game was all that hard at that point, but like I was like I got to see at least what it is and then it was like even longer than I could have possibly expected. It makes <laughs> Nights of the Round look like brief. Um, so could someone explain the moon shots to me? And there was like some like goddess looking character. I don't know, man. It, it's uh, it's amazing. It's it's not uncommon in like tokusatsu style shows, um, you know, like Power Rangers or whatnot, for when they use their big ultimate attack that defeats the monster to throw in like almost unrelated backgrounds, you know, big gouts of flame in the background or cut to a black background that they can reuse and then throw whatever elements that they want in there to make it look more grand and impressive. And it's really kind of aping that, like, okay, this doesn't need to be diegetic. This doesn't need to make any sense in-universe. Okay. Um, I love that. We're just going to make this look over-the-top and and cool so that we can reuse it every episode. That's what I was hoping. (laughs) Tone setting. Exactly. Uh, that's a great pick. Uh, it never even occurred to me. Uh, I wasn't sure if years. it was going to be something everyone wanted or something that nobody thought of. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I'm getting it out of the way anyway. <laughs> it did I, not I occur to me. It, I'm it glad I didn't think of it because then I would have been upset that you Yeah, I'd be mad I did if I had thought of it. Yeah. Because yeah. I was kind of struggling like, to figure out who I wanted my mech picks to be. And uh, if I had known, that would have been absolutely my pick. So excellent choice. Uh, all right. So you got... Probably the most powerful mech in the Xeno series. Well done. Uh, who's your next pick, Wes? See, this one's a tough one. I've got a few in place here. Um, but I feel like protagonist is going to be, you know, where there are so few protagonists, it's kind of a competitive field. And maybe this is not anyone's pick, but uh, I got to pick Shulk, honestly. Um, even though Xenoblade is, is not my favorite, or, or you know, sub-series within there um shulk is not just great because of what he is in um the game as he's often kind of a fairly plain kind of a a a main character but what has spawned out of shulk over the the years all of the all of the memes all of the the personality that's come through in other projects that he's cameoed in um and just the design of shulk that was what made me fall in love you know, back when, as far as we knew, Xenoblade was going to be called Monado, um, it was that design that really pulled me in and made me really fascinated. The 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 Monado itself is a really amazing weapon design. Um, Shulk has this very casual look, and I'm also a sucker for games where you know armor reflects appearance, so it feels like Shulk grows into this heroic uh, feel more and more after starting out as very much just like a, a townie. Um, I don't know. Shulk speaks to me in in the weirdest way, um, especially in being so close to like a small handful of friends in his hometown, and that part of him, the kind of like hometown boy, never quite leaving. Oh. I don't know. I love it. Also, right. he's essential to like most of the battles in there, which is for good or ill. Yeah, I mean, Shulk was uh, my third on my list for protagonist and uh he's you know and i think that the the character work in xenoblade one is often kind of weak um outside of i think melia uh obviously 
and Shulk. Um, and I think that Shulk's character work is really interesting. Um, and, uh, and if nothing else, Adam Howden yelling um, is number one reason to make him best protagonist. He's a, a he's a great choice. <laughs> he's a good boy. <laughs> Sometimes that's all I want. I just want a very good boy. I you you call him a good boy, but he his motivation at the beginning is purely revenge, and he yeah. he's pretty rage filled at first, which is what's interesting to me at the time. How long they keep up the revenge being the only motivation thing? Yeah, and I agree. Um, and I think that um, the way that um, it plays on those ideas of like, um, like because I think we as the audience become sympathetic to the Mechon before he does and he can't let it go but we also understand that and so i like that it it creates that slight separation between us and protagonist um in a way that i think is a little bit uncomfortable um as you're playing so yeah i agree i think that's one of the the best things about shulk um let's go with tyler we got um okay so i think i'll go with my mascot character and i choose bunny from xenosaga Ah, that was my pick. Ah. There goes one of mine. <laughs> Always stepping on each other's toes. Um, but yeah, Bunny is just this... I don't even know what to say about Bunny. Bunny is... Uh, I mean, they show up a lot in Xenosaga, but they're just this cute... I mean, Bunny character that has this very weird dark side if you look at the back of its head it's got this evil face and they lock it away after episode one and it's and you can it's it's just we it's just weird and goofy but i i just like the the overall design of bunny it's weird and awesome and creepy but in a good way yes exactly and you get that summon move in episode one that's really good too you can see yourself wanting to own a plush of bunny. That's a fantastic uh, yes, uh, rousing endorsement for for bunny. I think. All right, um, you know, I, bunny didn't even occur to me. Um, it's a great choice. <laughs> um, so it is now on me. Ooh, and this is tough. Huh. I feel like there are so many antagonist characters that are out there, and I feel like I know at least one of you is going to take one from Xeno Gears. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna take my supporting character, well, my first supporting character, and that's gonna be Uni from Xenoblade Three. Nice, good Very choice. Nice. You know, I uh, I considered taking Uni with the the my last pick uh, instead of Laura because I was afraid that Uni would be taken. Uh, but I, I just have to do it. Um, you know, Uni. Um, and I and I, again, I I wrote this up recently in our game of the year, uh, Uni, and Uni is such a fabulous character because. She's first of all hilarious. Like she says all these like ridiculous, delightful Britishisms. Um, I always uh, like to make jokes with Lana about uh, all the the British things that she says and how they literally sound exactly like things that she says. Um, but and and she's amusing and she's funny and she's witty and she's great. But it it's really everything that sort of lies underneath that that I think makes Uni so fascinating. I love there's a there's a scene between Tyon and Uni, and it's not really spoiling anything where um, he offers her tea. Um, and it's just like, it, it, it gives you such this idea of the depth of her, but not like in a, not in a cliche way, in a way that feels real and feels immediate. 
and, and the character work is so good in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, and I, I might pick a lot of characters from Xenoblade Chronicles 3 because I think the character work there is so strong. Um, but, you know, also her history, I think that she, she's the first person who sort of gives you some hints about some of the deeper lore of of the game. And so I think that she carries so much of the emotional weight while also being such a delightful character to be around. And so I think that she's a great character as a result. I haven't finished Xenoblade Chronicles 3 yet, but Uni is already kind of a breakout character in there. She stands out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm what, like four or five chapters in at this point. Um, just because she's got, she's a force of personality in, in that party, but not in a negative way. Um, because yeah, uh, lands kind of can be <laughs> in a negative way, <laughs> but, but uni always feels like justified. Um, even when, when she's going a little bit like harder than maybe she needs to in a situation. I would. I think that's what's interesting is I feel like Uni is the first character of the party to really start seeing more of the shape of the world and like seeing what it means to be human. So with certain scenes um, that she sees that other people don't, um, which I think is a cool touch that it's not one of the two main protagonists, though I do think other than her, they are the first, but I think it's cool. Yeah, she has a really uh, cool arc, and she's, yeah, and I just love her sassiness. She is my favorite character in the game. I was just worried about my mascot character. That's why I had to grab Riku early. So next up, we have Izzy with two picks. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go with my mecha first here. Uh, I'm going to take the titular Xenogears because that mecha has been my favorite mecha design since the very first time I saw it, and that has not changed. It is my favorite mecha of all, so I can't really choose anything else um, than Xenogears itself. Also, it's just really powerful and cool. Like, I love the the like spiny wings that it has and the pointy feet. I don't know. It just has such a almost alien design to it compared to all the other mecha in Xenogears. Yeah. Yeah. It it almost looks like it came out of Xenosaga in the in, a, in the world of Xenogears. Yeah. And I mean it's very angelic too, which obviously mm -hmm. means a lot within Xenogears itself and basically every Xeno game, but Yeah, it's just symbolism. Yeah, symbolism and it, yeah it's it's just it's super pretty it's super pretty i love the design of it too i was not surprised i'm not surprised that it got picked um i, I was fully expecting it's it's fully unique in the world of xenogears and it's it's gorgeous yep i mean any of my next picks probably would have been from xenogears as well but xenogears itself wins for me there yeah outside of Kaiser, i had a lot of xenogears picks for me yeah <laughs> Yeah, I um I just looked at the design again this morning because again I forgot and uh it's it looks fantastic and that's what I remember. <laughs> uh so Izzy has another pick. Who's up next? Okay. Well I don't have to choose a protagonist yet since you all chose protagonist, so that's basically my last pick now. <laughs> uh so I'm going to 
a, a supporting character, I think. And this wasn't even at the top of my supporting list, but now that I'm here, I want to pick them. So I'm going to go with Emeralda from Xenogears. Uh, I know a lot of people have problems with the portrayal or whatever, the fact that she's a little girl and then she grows into an adult. That, there's some weirdness around there. I get it. But the idea of a sentient nanomachine colony that takes the shape of a person and wants, and like as the child of a human, just really cool sci-fi stuff that I'm completely in love with. Also how she fights in combat with her hair and stuff. Super, super cool. Exactly. Also the design's just great. Yeah. I love how basically they take that whole nanomachine colony thing and she like uses her, yeah, her hair to kind of transform to different like weapons. And it's, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Really good pick. Awesome. So I guess I'm up next. Huh. Uh, only uh, Tyler's the only person left to pick a mech. I don't think Tyler's going to take my mech. I don't think. Oh, but there's still three antagonists left. There's you never know. There. There's some good ones there. Hmm. I think I got to take antagonist, and I'm going to continue with my run of choosing Xenoblade characters, and I'm going to choose Jin from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Ooh, nice amazing pick that is who i had on my board originally um and you know and it goes back and i really wanted Jin to be paired with laura that was very important to me um so i, I almost took him a little bit earlier but you know Jin, um and, and i feel like in every xenoblade game um at least um at least in two and three in particular um you have characters who's uh who only sort of vaguely function as antagonists um and i think Jin more than vaguely functions as an antagonist but knowing what you know about his um, backstory, especially having played Torna, um, and, 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 you know, just how powerful he is in combat. Like, I feel like the fights against him are usually very difficult. Like, you're always, like, sometimes you're fighting against him and also Malos, and it's always important to take Jin down first because Jin is more powerful than the Aegis. Um, he's going to, he's more difficult to hit. Um, he's more powerful, but I love his relationship with Laura so much. Um, and especially after, and I haven't had a chance to play Xenoblade Chronicles 2 after, like fully through after playing Torna, but I want to, because I think that it would give him such a level of depth that he didn't even already have, you know what I mean? So I think that he looks cool. Um, he's got a great design, um, and he is just a fantastic character. Yeah, he was definitely one of he was a white runner up in, in case Albedo was taken. Jin Jin was a very interesting villain in Xenoblade 2 and uh yeah, I yeah. And made even better through Torna. At also, which point you can consider them a support if you want to as well. <laughs> so is that still open? Can we draft for different positions? <laughs> oh, good point. That's a fair question, but I'd say he's off the board at this point. <laughs> But there is another gene you can draft if you want. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone that. <laughs> <laughs> but first first villain that is a C-Tan, so that's fun. That's fair. <laughs> uh, so I guess we'll go with uh, next pick, Tyler. Okay, let's see here. Um, I will choose my first supporting character, and that will be Nia from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. 
Excellent. Excellent. Such a good pick. Yeah, I absolutely love Nia and her arc. Chapter 7 of Xenoblade 2 is my absolute favorite. I mean, she's another character that's sassy, but um, also I just just love, uh, without getting into spoiler territory, just her, her arc and how she, um, I don't know, uh, relates things to her friends. And it's, it, I don't know. I, I, I just absolutely love her. Um, and she's in Xenoblade 3. And yeah, I, I love her in that too. Well, except for one big thing, but not going to get into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't say much about her in Xenoblade Three, although they, they do some really, there, there are some moments in Xenoblade Three, and this is all I'll say that are really cool, um, as it relates to Nia, and uh, you can, you can yes. listen to the Spiller Cast uh, if you want to, want to hear my thoughts about that. But yeah, I mean, she was definitely on my list um, for similar reasons to Uni, I guess. Um, it, it just again like that. I'm just like sort of a sucker for a very particular kind of character. I'm someone who's like sort of sassy and witty on the top, but also has like this like great depth of feeling. I um, mean, you're right. The end of chapter seven. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about what Rex said there because that's been recontextualized. Um, <laughs> Jeez, <Louise. laughs> I'm not going to say anything else about that, uh, but I still think that's a really moving scene. Um, and just like after you've seen her for seven chapters being what she is and who she is, and then the way she expresses herself so deeply and so fully and so truly, um, I think is really moving. Um, and it's why I think that I, I agree chapter seven of Xenoblade Chronicles two, which I liked like, again, more than most up to, up to then. And then I got to that and I was like, Oh, okay. All right. I see you game. I see you. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a great pick. All right. So we have one more pick in the fourth round. Wes, who would you like to pick? Um, so I, I'm thinking hard about this, uh, because there are plenty where I could probably snipe a character that might get taken, but now I'm thinking at this stage in the draft, which characters would I be saddest if they were taken regardless of, of likelihood? Um, so I've got to get my antagonist in. Um, and for me, one Cosmos just isn't enough. So I'm going to pick Telos from Xenosaga episode three and really compete, complete the combination here. Oh, I didn't think that was going to happen. I, I thought I was safe. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was right to pick Telos at this yes. point, right? Wes, yes. you took them both. You took them both. I, I gave everyone Smart. a fair chance, and then I got greedy. <laughs> um, Telos is kind of the, the negative inverse of Cosmos in, in Xenosaga Episode 3. Um, in that where, where Cosmos is stoic, she's more emotional, she's um, brash, kind of... Um, feels very superior in a lot of ways and feels very very full of herself in some ways um and i i don't want to give too many spoilers about her because that's a long way off for zach and anyone who hasn't played zero song episode three um up to episode three but um functionally she is kind of like your your evil cosmos uh, in a lot of ways but she's got a little bit more interesting to her backstory that um, makes her feel fleshed out and earned as a character rather than a lot of times when they just want to throw you a palette swap and say, ha ah, isn't this neat? Um, she's actually got like some interesting reason for existing that makes sense within the world. Um, and I appreciate that. I kind of like the, the palette swap characters in almost any game, but especially when they're given a reason to exist. I, I have nothing unique to say about this, except I really liked her as a blade in Xenoblade 2. 
<laughs> yeah, she was much easier to get than Cosmos. I never got either, and it breaks my heart. This is oh. why I need to draft them now. Oh. Fair. This, this is filling that hole. Exactly. This is like pulling them from their air blades. <laughs> um, yeah, I I really love Telos. I mean, I I really wish we had gotten more of her in episode three. I, I feel like we get we get a lot more of her in like spin-off games like the Project Cross Zone games and um Xenoblade 2. We I feel like we get more of her in all of that than we did it in all of episode three. Um but yeah, I, I really like Telos and yeah, her backstory. I just wish there was more of her. It feeds into the kind of like almost nonsense, but no wait, there might be genius here that the rest of the Xenosaga series like <laughs> backstory falls into. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy enough to work. Well, I look forward to meeting her. <laughs> um, at least for real. I, I guess I kind of did already. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, Wes, you have another pick? Who you got? I do. And I'm I'm glad that uh, Tyler brought up Project Cross Zone. Because uh, oh. <laughs> I'm about to, to make a, a wild card choice here. Um, <laughs> what Part of what I love about the first Project Cross Zone is that you've got um, Cosmos and Telos on a team. It's this kind of tactical RPG where you take control of pairs of characters and have a semi-action, you know, combat when you actually attack a character. And those two work really well together, which is one of the reasons I kind of wanted both of them here. Um, but opening up the Monolith Flex to to anything that Monolith has worked on might have gotten you in some trouble here because Project Cross Zone is on that list. Oh no, I, I knew it was a possibility. <laughs> and uh, it just so happens in Project Cross Zone 2, um, they bring in some characters from the Like a Dragon series. Uh, specifically, <laughs> Kazuma Kiryu and my pick, Goro Majima, <laughs> is now joining the Xeno universe. <laughs> I didn't know Wonderful. if anyone else would think of this, but I would be so sad if I didn't get Goro Majima piloting Urtikaiser on my team. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It's an excellent pick. Excellent pick. <laughs> I, I don't know how much one needs to say about <laughs> Goro Majima to really, really bring it home here. Um, but he is uh, one of the most fascinating characters from the Like a Dragon series, which is a competitive spot um, in that series. And I don't know. The thought of him in this world wreaking the kind of chaos that he can wreak just, it fills my heart with joy. <laughs> Albedo fighting Majima. Oh God! It's <laughs> who's worse. It's it's the competition of who's going to be worse in this situation. <laughs> it's such an excellent choice. I I knew that they brought a lot of characters in, but I I did not know they brought in Yakuza or like a dragon characters. So that's excellent. <laughs> I knew there was a, only a very small chance of anyone picking this one, but I needed it for me. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> All right, so after that excellent pick, now it is Tyler's choice. I believe we are in the fifth round, so second pick in the fifth round. Tyler, okay. who are you choosing? All right, so Wes, you've inspired me a little bit. I'm going to also choose my Monolith wildcard, and that is going to be uh, Phoenix Wright from Project Cross Zone 2. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> What oh, this say? is where it really comes together. Oh, I can't remember who he he because he was paired up with somebody, but he was paired up with someone that was like not even from Phoenix the Phoenix Wright series. I just wanted to 
<laughs> you inspired me, Wes, and that's the reason why I chose it. I have to I have to know, like, what exactly is Phoenix Wright's role on your team? <laughs> what are they doing for you? Oh, wait, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, I was just I've just remembered. Okay, or I just looked it up because, yeah, they're a uh, he's actually paired up with Maya in that. Yeah, but counts as kind of a solo character that you can attach to another pair. Exactly. Yeah, they're yeah, because you have these solo characters that you can equip basically to uh, a duo of characters but yeah they're they're like basically add to the your character's combos in a way albedo could probably use a lawyer that's fair <laughs> yes that's yeah. fair i wasn't even thinking about that and yeah i got i got albedo a lawyer <laughs> nothing can erase this headcanon now <laughs> I, I th- those two picks are incredible <laughs> very nicely done uh my, my my flex now that i know what it'll be is significantly less creative <laughs> uh so i have a lot of picks left and uh, you know i there's a lot of spots left open here mm, i think i'm gonna have to take another supporting character and, you know, I wasn't planning to choose all my characters in Xenoblade 3 and Xenoblade 2, but it's just kind of the way it's working out because of who's available. And I've got to take Morag from Xenoblade 2. Oh, Damn man. you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Very pick. good pick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, Morag is such, a, such an excellent character, especially in a game where, I don't know, uh, how would I put it nicely? Um, sometimes the character designs are troubling, uh, is maybe the best way I can put it. <laughs> um, Morag, it stands is such a stark contrast to um, so many other ways that um, women in particular are represented in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, and so I think her design's great. I think she um, is fantastic from that perspective. But also, she's just got a really fascinating personality. Um, it's sort of her level-headedness. Um, and given some of the hotheads I have on my team currently, like Jin and Uni, I feel like that's really going to be important to sort of leveling out my team. Someone sort of being a leader, um, more as a leader too, but in a very different way. And I feel like Morag and Laura will really work together extremely well. Um, and, you know, um, I love that Scottish accent. That's the real reason. Scottish accent. The end. I think that's enough. I think that's a good enough reason. She She is like, you know... It feels like every RPG has the one character that's designated as the cool character. Like, we want all of the cool to be located in one place so that you know this is the character to uh, uh, to root for. And the fact that Morag gets to be, in, in my opinion, that for um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is amazing. Because she is just bleeds cool all over the, <laughs> the dang place. Um, but still has enough going on that, like, she's not... That's not her only defining characteristic, um, which often can be the case with the cool characters. Yeah, she is a really cool character, and I, 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 I yeah, I like how she kind of breaks. Uh, I don't, I, I guess, like gender norms with uh, the way she dresses and, um, and just how, I don't know, cool she is. But she also has these moments where, like, she'll have with Bridget where. <laughs> Um, like I remember there's the, uh, one, uh, heart to heart where they're like making f- fish and 
she's like freaking out and it freaks Bridget out in the process. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. That's such a good scene. It's such a good (laughs) one. It's hilarious. So even though she's calm and collected most of the time, there's, there's, there's some moments where it breaks a little bit and it's just, she's, she's great. I love her. Moreg is a tank, but she dual wields whip swords. Yeah. (laughs) So so cool. cool. (laughs) Well, I could have used the other tank character, but why would I ever take more egg out of my party? Exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's more egg. Uh, and that's my final pick of this round. Uh, but Izzy, you have two picks. Who's your first pick? Okay. This is where the supporting characters I have left are very much a toss up. And I kind of want to pick them all, so I have to choose one. And I'm thinking I might choose one specifically because they pair with my protagonist. Uh, So I'm going to go with Ellie uh, from Xenogears for my supporting character, my last supporting character pick. Um, Excellent choice. I think Ellie's just a fascinating character, how she's portrayed through the whole game. She changes so much um, while also keeping at core. She's kind of in a way, almost a proto Xion. So there's a lot of similarities between her and Xion. So maybe that's partially why I'm picking her because I didn't get Xion. But <laughs> there's a lot of fascinating stuff done with her and where she comes from and what she means to people and what she means to society and the world and what she means to history. There's just so many layers there, like almost everything in Xenogears. Um, and She's got a great design, too. She's good in combat. Uh, and her romance with Faye is top-notch. One of the best video game romances, I think, um, for a lot of reasons. Part of it being the fact that it's just shown as a mature romance, unlike the vast majority of video game romances. So, <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. You know, Xenogears came like early into me knowing what anime is, you know, relatively speaking. Um, and she's always been like one of those defining character designs for me that I like hold other people up <laughs> up against. Um, she manages to both have like what looks, you know, a very military look, but something that doesn't lead to her seeming weird and like needing to change over time. It, it still suits her a lot. And she's kind of this, she goes through so many phases as she grows, you know, from, you know, standoffish to to that that growing closeness with others and the expectations around her always playing against her. Um, It's one of those fascinating characters where, like, you never know what fate is going to throw at them next. Um, So it's it's interesting to watch just because, like, man, what is she going to go through and how is she going to, like, deal with it? And I, I, I love a little roller coaster like that. And how can you pay, pair the protagonist of a, that's as messed up as Faye with someone that isn't that messed up? Exactly. Ellie, just as messed up as Faye. Yeah, that's true. She goes through a lot of things, a lot of stuff. And yeah, I, I really like her as a character as well. And I have a feeling I know who your next pick is about to be. So whenever you're ready, Izzy. Protagonist, Fei Fong Wong. Uh, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yep. For that great romance, for another character with so, so many layers. Um, someone who evolves so much throughout the story. Someone who isn't 
doesn't always have the personality that you would expect a protagonist to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes he can be cowardly. Sometimes he can be angry in a way that you would not expect a main character to be. But Shulk inherits inherits that a bit later, maybe. But um, he's a painter. Very cool profession for a main character for of a JRPG. Um, I don't know. There's just he's very cool his fighting style being uh martial arts but just the animations of his martial arts top notch very very cool Mm -hmm. uh that zeto gears doesn't have the best combat but those combat animations make combat worth it to me and Faye has some of the best yeah uh Faye's just a great protagonist and i mean because zeto gears was a formative game for me He's also just a formative protagonist for me. And his relationship mm-hmm. with Ellie, like I said, wonderful romance. He also has a great relationship with pretty much every party member, though. There's a lot of fun stuff there. A lot of fun interactions. And with antagonists. Yeah. Ridiculous reaction, <laughs> interactions with the antagonists between Faye and everyone. <laughs> what, you, what you said about like the animations and stuff actually rings really, really close to home here. Because... At that point, that was, it was rare because PS1 games, like they didn't want to have sprite based um, PS1 games in America um, very often at that point. And uh, it kind of retaught me what sprite animation can be, <laughs> um, especially Faye, because there are these intricate, you know, kung fu moves uh, that are just absolutely stunning to look at. And that is how this game kind of taught me oh, yeah, 2D is still cool, isn't it? Like, I, I like this. I want to keep doing 2D forever. Right? Um, How could they make the animation so smooth? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, Faye's iconic, right? Uh, s- such an iconic character that they kind of had to play with him a little bit in uh, Xenosaga. <laughs> At yeah. least tease you a little bit. Yeah, totally. And just, like, Noah looks like him, too, so more teases there. Teases everywhere for Faye. Yeah, Faye's... Faye was a really great protagonist. I I kind of like with Xion, I like how I mean there's different layers to them and they have this I don't know, they they're impacted by some serious trauma. Um but um yeah, there's just so many layers to Faye and it's it's yeah, I I love him as a protagonist as well. One of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, it, it, my memory serves that there's something that happens very early on with Faye and then you kind of learn about this history of trauma um I again I don't really remember <laughs> um but I I think that's a great choice so uh I have uh another pick here hmm what am I gonna take uh, really only two places and I feel bad I'm gonna take another character from Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for a supporting character and it's gonna be Mio from Xenoblade Chronicles 3 yeah it is <laughs> yeah good choice good choice uh yeah and uh yeah i i feel bad that i'm only doing like two games here but oh well um mio is you know we we actually tossed around this idea uh of whether mio should be considered to be a protagonist i actually think it was her name specifically that was brought up and i think it's a reasonable one because mio in many ways functions as a protagonist in this game even though she plays slight second fiddle to noah so she's very close to being a protagonist. Um, but it, it's really 
late game stuff with Mio. Um, we're talking like chapter end of chapter five through the end that really sold me on Mio as being an amazing character. I liked her before. I thought she was a good character. I thought she was interesting. I thought she was fascinating, but um, stuff that I can't go into too much um, at this point is really what compelled me in terms of Mio and her relationship with another sort of antagonist character in the way that they sort of play off of each other, I think is really fascinating. And she has moments of weakness and and similar to Ellie and Faye, um, she has such a such a lovely and mature relationship with Noah um, and sort of knowing the full history of that relationship really brings um, the tragedy of her story and others uh, to the fore. And I think that some of the stuff she does in chapter six and on is really compelling. Um, and I think that she could easily have carried the game on her own, but I think that she doesn't so much. And again, in terms of Faye and Ellie, like they, she has a lot in common with Noah, but she plays off of him enough by having just maybe a little bit more um, emotion um, and press than Noah usually does outside of a couple of moments. And so I think that uh, Neo is, uh, is a really interesting and fascinating supporting character. That one scene with that punch. Good stuff. Yeah, I feel like I can only say so much about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 characters with only part of the picture. But... <laughs> yeah, it's my bad. Um... <laughs> no, 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 it's a fantastic... These are fantastic choices, because even where I'm at, like, Mio is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, kind of almost in protagonist territory with, with um, how important she is to the to the story and, and how much focus she's given. Um, and I don't know, she, she just works. It's, it's kind of amazing, like, to just see a character that just like, oh, this all just comes together perfectly. There is no part of, like, growing pains and learning to love this character. Um, it just comes together instantly, and you're kind of hooked in with her throughout the whole, the whole series end to end. Into wherever I'm, and I'm at. I also love that she serves as, like, the best dodge tank in the game, which is always my favorite. Since I'm out of supporting characters now, I can say that Dunban was definitely on my list. Um, because who else can like tank a fight naked? Uh, uh, but I love I love a good dodge tank. I love someone who is an agility tank in a Xenoblade game, and I love like controlling her in combat because she controls so fast, um, and just like how fast her arts come back up makes her really fun to control in combat. And I usually don't like to play tanks in games, like not even MMOs usually, but she's just a blast to control with her base class. Okay, so that is Mio. Tyler, you're up next. You have two supportings and a mech left. Okay. Um, I'm starting to feel bad that I haven't chosen anything from Xenogears. Um, so I am going to choose for my mech. I'm going to choose uh, Rin Mazuo, uh, Billy Billy's Bla uh, Billy Black's mech. Um. For the sole purpose is that because it has a cape, and I love mechs with capes. That's my story. I think this is a good reason to pick this mech. <laughs> I agree. Because the cape is glorious. Like, I could have chosen the his uh, L Rinmazoa mode, but it's like, the cape isn't as good as the base one, so I, I'm just going to choose Rinmazoa. Also, it's one of the few mechs uh, smart enough to bring a, a gun to the fight, so that's pretty cool. 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't have a, a deeper story to that. <laughs> you know, Kate is deep enough. You know what? And I think that is all the depth that we require. So we're going to move to the next two picks. (laughs) (laughs) And Wes, uh, you you have two picks in a row. So what you got? Well, uh, I'm hoping that my mascot isn't at risk right now. Um, So I got to go all in on support and get those done. Um, I also feel bad about the lack of Xenogears on my list. And I feel like it's a missed opportunity. Um, so I'm actually pulling Bart, Bart from Xenogears as one of my Mm. supporting characters. Um, he's not the most beloved character, I think, but he's kind of occupies that, that lovable rogue kind of archetype. Um, but he elevates for me for, for a couple of reasons. One, just kind of being reliable and being there for, for most of the game. Um, I, I love kind of the stalwart companion kind of, kind of character archetype. And uh, most importantly, he uses two whips. He just busts out a couple of whips and goes crazy on enemies, and I kind of love that. Um, whips are not a super common RPG weapon, and uh, dual-wielding whips even less so. Um, but that plus his, you know, there's obviously more to it. Is his? There's a lot going on in his backstory that leads to him being a pretty important figure in the world of Xenogears. Um, he's your first character to get their their Omni Gear, um, uh, which means it kind of can get outstripped later in the game. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I didn't draft the gear; I drafted <laughs> Bart here. Um, you know, he he's definitely got his ups and downs, but I feel like he has, as far as like the world building goes of Xeno Gears, he kind of has the biggest hand in a lot of that because he's the most um, kind of part of the world like has to by necessity be involved with the world um or at least is up there um with with a handful of other characters for just defining the world and giving you a view of uh a section that you might not otherwise really know about that's as far as i feel like i can go without spoilers (laughs) also he has an eye patch i love a good eye patch Mm -hmm. goes with your guy who like has the ship right that you is that right sell? yes yeah. okay cool <laughs> it's like my memory isn't totally failing me i remember liking him <laughs> that's what i got <laughs> yeah he's a cool character he's a, a he has a cool buddy relationship with Faye, and i yeah he's he's a really cool character yeah when you were talking when, when we were talking about you know other characters having a cool relationship with Faye besides just ellie he was the first one that popped into my head because I, mm. I absolutely love just platonic friend characters in RPGs. I don't know why. It just it appeals to me. It touches that found family part of my heart that I love so much. Oh. Perfect. So who's your next pick? Uh, I feel like everybody needs a Satan. Um, and my Satan of choice is Jen Uzuki from Xenos. <laughs> 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 um. I, I know I'm I'm pretty heavy on the Xenosaga in this list, and it's because that's where my heart lives. Um, and Jin is such an interesting character. You know, this um, former soldier, now this, like, calm, contemplative, reasonable kind of person you learn over time isn't, that isn't necessarily the strength that it can sometimes be portrayed as, um, because he has so much trouble connecting to people, none more than his sister, Shion, um, who 
kind of can't stand him because his lack of ability to empathize, his lack of ability to connect. Um, they have this very combative uh, relationship for most of the game, uh, most of the games in there that only really comes together time and again when you see how much Jin really does care about Xion and is trying to do the best for her, even though he doesn't necessarily know best. And he knows that he doesn't always know best because he's, he's pretty self-deprecating. He doesn't have a super high opinion of himself. Um, he thinks he's just a, a, I think the phrase is something like useless old bookkeeper or something like that. Um, he refers to himself as as lesser on a regular basis. Um, but he's still, I mean, he's, he's still stalwart, supportive, very, the, the voice of reason in a lot of situations. And he's a Satan, so he's just cool. He's just cool. He's got a katana. He quick draws it. He does cool stuff. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he's he's really cool. Like, even though, like, yeah, he's he's obvious, a super obvious homage to Satan. I I feel like he's, I don't know, a a better person overall than Satan is, and just like his how much he cares about Xion is 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 yeah, is really good. But um, yeah, he's 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 good, and his I need fights, to meet this character. Which uh, Xenosaga does he appear in? Uh, episode <laughs> two. In okay, so excellent. He has the I, coolest I, sword fights uh, with Marcellus. Absolutely. I was just going to bring up. Game. I was just going to bring up the fact that it's. I think it's really cool how he's just in the background of Xenosaga one. Like you keep hearing references yeah. to him, but you never actually get to meet him. And then Xenosaga two opens with like amazing Gene stuff. Mm-hmm. okay all right mm-hmm. all right you're selling me all right i hear you <laughs> i mean i love watching characters who struggle to to manage their emotions and honestly mm. even though jen is calm and collected he is always struggling to to, to figure out his emotions mm. well it sounds like an excellent choice and thank you for reminding me that i need to go pick up xenosaga 2 as soon as we're done recording yes. <laughs> yes. so uh the next pick tyler all right. Um, okay, I will choose my... Well, I only have supporting characters left. I will choose my supporting character, and I am going to choose Ziggy from Xenosaga. I love Ziggy. Yeah, he's super great. Um, yeah. Um, super tragic character um, that goes through a an incredible arc throughout the games. And his backstory through, like, if you read the translation to the Pied Piper cell phone mobile game from the early 2000s. That is my favorite thing that anyone said on this podcast. <laughs> for the translation to the cell phone mobile game from That's the phenomenal. early 2000s. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's so uh, saga. God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he has his day in Xenosaga, but that that Pied Piper was. Ugh. But yeah, he's a very tragic character, and I just love how his arc of uh, trying to, I know, I guess, get rid of his humanity, but then finding it again through like Momo and other characters. Um, but yeah, he he is he is great. I I love him. Also features a lot of the coolest animations in that dang game. Oh my uh, gosh, his move in episode three, where he snaps characters' necks, is oh, ridiculous, but amazing. Oh, 
the the different roles people can fulfill in Xeno Saga Three is, are already cool. The fact that his are all I'm gonna break some bones. <laughs> it shows the strength of the characters in the Xeno series that I didn't even have Ziggy on my list, but as soon as you pick him, I'm like, damn, I wish I'd had him on my list. Also, <laughs> great choice. Every yes. single choice here has been like great choice. <laughs> yes, Ex- agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, like, even as someone who doesn't know Ziggy all that well yet, it actually made me sad that, at least in Xenosaga Episode 1, he's basically useless in battle, because <laughs> um, he's so slow. But I'm like, I, I really want to use this guy, but I, I can't, um, so I'm going to use this guy I don't know anything about, Chaos, uh, <laughs> to uh, to kind of clear these, these fights. But I think that um, almost immediately, like, I feel like one of the things that impressed me about the way they characterize Ziggy is how, like, he gets introduced in these, like, one of the many sequences of cutscenes that make maybe 10% sense to someone who hasn't played this before. Um, but he has such a, he's so distinctive so quickly. And then he goes and he does something that makes him so distinctive by saving, you know, another character, Momo. Um, and so I think that um, it's another character arc that I really want to see all the way through and get to know better because I really enjoyed him so far. And thankfully, he is a lot more of a force of nature in Xenosaga 3. I'm he's, happy to hear God, it. Yes. <laughs> he's incredibly he's, useful. He's amazing. I'm glad to hear it. Perfect. So I guess it's my pick now. I, I only have a couple picks left here, but they're all safe because everybody's taking everything else. So I guess I'll take my last. And of course, it's from Xenoblade 2, which apparently is what I'm doing today. Uh, but I'm going to take my mech character. And it's going to be Artifice Ophion from Xenoblade 2. Oh. Hmm. Not even a character, really. <laughs> I wasn't really sure if it would fit. And I was like, you know what? I think it fits. Um, so uh, as a kind of a reminder, because I kind of forgot exactly what the name of this this mech was. Um, it is throughout Xenoblade 2. It is the mech that protects the world tree. Um, and it's so powerful that like you're afraid to approach the world tree because you're afraid you're going to get attacked by Ophion. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah. <laughs> but it turns out um, that there's a little bit of a history to Artifice Ophion um, if you've played Torna. Um, and I think that they probably deal with it a little bit in Xenoblade 2, but I, I don't remember the particulars. Uh, but I just watched someone play Xenoblade uh, Torna uh, recently again. And its role in the story of Xenoblade 2 Torna is so critical to the world that exists when you play Xenoblade 2 that I think it's awesome. Um, it's also just like this serpent creature who's like so powerful that it's a super boss in Xenoblade 2 and you require like you know, like a very specific setup to take it down. So its level of power uh, is really high, and I think it's really cool. But I just love its connection to Mithra, who uh, was a character who I very much was considering for my supporting, like very much considering, because I think Mithra is a phenomenal character, especially after playing Torna. Um, But yeah, Ophion's level of power was just, uh, I couldn't pass it up. So Ophion, Artifice Ophion is my choice. Yeah, this is another one of those that, like, oh, I never would have thought of this, but it's excellent. Um, I, I kind of forgot that this existed until you mentioned it, and then it's like all these memories come flooding back. <laughs> yeah, that is a poll. That is a poll, and I thank you for pole. that. And such a cool design. Like, this weird, like, mechanic-organic mix that I always love in my mechs. Um, like, the Escaflone almost style, where 
Um, they don't look, they look constructed, but not like built by human hands by any means. I, I love that kind of look. Yeah, it's cool. And I prefer the siren, but Ophian's very cool too. <laughs> siren was my second choice. So if someone <laughs> happened to take Ophion, I was like, all right, Siren is my next choice. I'll take Malos's instead. <laughs> uh, that is my second to last pick. And I believe, Izzy, your last two picks are up. Okay. This mascot category is kind of killing me. Uh, <laughs> I could go with Choo Choo for the memes. I could go with Riki for introducing us to Nopon. I could go with Banana for being a great pair with Riku and just a hilarious character. Uh, I think I'm going to go weird, though. Uh, animal character rather than specifically mascot. Albi from Xenosaga. Ah, huh. yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I wouldn't have even thought of that. That's adorable. And I can't really say anything about Albi. Because Zack has not played Xenosaga 2 or 3 yet. He's a cute dog. That's all. He's a cute dog. (laughs) Cute dog. I just googled him real quick and you are correct. He is indeed a cute dog. (laughs) That's all you have to say. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. good. Don't don't read anymore. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I will literally close that tab right now. You're going to hear my click. There you go. It's closed. Good decision. Good decision. Okay. Okay, Well, I appreciate that you chose a cute dog. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Next. And then final (laughs) is antagonist for me. Uh, I'm trying to decide between two characters here, one of which I might not be able to talk about very much because, once again, Zach has not played Xenosaga 2 and (laughs) 3. Pick whoever you want. I'll be okay. I'm okay. not that much of a spoiler phobe, I promise. I am going to pick Wilhelm from Xenosaga. Ooh. Oh, I love Ooh. this pick. Okay. Yeah. Wilhelm is Zed from Xenoblade 3 done well. Ha! <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yes. Mm. Yes. That's, 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 <laughs> that's so spot on. And. There's not a ton I could say about Wilhelm, but I think Wilhelm is a fascinating villain who gets just the right amount of explanation where you understand what he's doing and maybe partially where he's coming from and some of the effects of things and all that, but he's still a mystery in the end. It's a unique level of um, information that just makes him me still think about him and what the heck was going on there <laughs> and good design uh suitably creepy and like evil while still being kind of like understandable and like he almost has something here but he's just really really evil <laughs> he's like the presentable type of evil right he's he's like uh very charismatic and like smooth talking and yeah, that makes a good it voice. so much scarier to me. <laughs> Very yeah. for the record, like even though technically Wilhelm has not been presented as a villain to me in Xenosaga episode one, he's clearly a villain. <laughs> like I'm like, there's no question. Yeah, uh, this this dude. dude is like one of the big, big, big bads. Yeah, yeah. He's I... corporate. He's corporate evil, yeah. indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as capitalism comes into play, you gotta think there's evil involved, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Hear things about JRPGs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> JRPGs are very good about that. 
Yeah, they are indeed. <laughs> my my other pick for antagonist, just like I was debating between two, would have been Graf. Uh, Ooh, that would have been. I was kind of expecting yeah. someone to get Graf. I thought someone was going to take Krellian. Krellian's good too. Graf was Graf was just so many layers and so mm. such an interesting character. But mm-hmm. I wanted to go more Xenosaga in my list, so Wilhelm it is. Perfect. This way we were poaching each other so much. (laughs) (laughs) Xenosaga is my favorite Xeno series. Same. I'm going to do it, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so I am up next with my final pick. And I have my monolith flex pick. And I'm going to choose the first game that I am aware of that monolith worked on that they were not actually in charge of. And that is Dirge of Cerberus. Oh, what a I pull. love it. What a pull. <laughs> I was so tempted to do Dirge. Oh my God. And you know what? I have never played Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> oh boy. But you know what? I don't care because Vincent Valentine is my flex pick. Um, so we're going to talk about Final Fantasy VII for a second here. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, you know, Vincent Valentine in Final Fantasy VII is by far the coolest character, but he's by far the worst character in combat. Like Almost every character is like equal in that game, except for Vincent. He's worse than everyone else. But you know what? I don't care. Vincent every time. Vincent is the definition of cool in French class in seventh grade. My name was Vincent. And it's because of how much I love Vincent Valentine. And I can't let that level of love pass me by. So Vincent Valentine is my flex choice. I can't complain with that. Vincent is great. Uh, I adore this. might not be a great game, but (laughs) I mean, I personally enjoy it in some twisted, weird way. But (laughs) partially because it is Vincent, though. Vincent is great. I commend you on this poll. That's, that's good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's funny because like I looked it up on Wikipedia and they said that like they had worked on that. And then I looked on their official website and they didn't mention it. And then I found it mentioned a bunch of other places. And I'm like, you know what? I bet they just want us to forget. <laughs> so uh, I am gonna, I'm going to say the Dirge of Cerberus was a thing. And so Vincent Valentine is my choice. I always love me an edgy boy. Always, always, always. So and he's one of the best edgy boys. Indeed. He's like, he's the best edgy boy. So Tyler, you have one final pick and it's for supporting. And if you don't pick this character, I cannot believe this character hasn't been taken yet. I'm going to be very surprised. Oh but no. Go ahead. That's a <laughs> lot of pressure on me. I know, right? Um, oh God. Um, all right. Um, so for my last supporting character, I'm going to choose... Um, I'm going to choose Chaos from Xenosaga. How did nobody take Satan? It's all okay. scoops, all XPs. It's uh, all scoops, <laughs> all XPs. <laughs> I thought about him lie. at one chaos point. Chaos was one of my top tip picks. I love Chaos. <laughs> I love Chaos. Like Chaos is wonderful. It, it's just something he can do. Just touch a Gnosis and it's dead. Yeah, and it disappears. It's just something he can do. Uh, yeah, but I just, I, I love him and his mysteriousness and um i another situation where i wish there was more of him but there we he, he definitely gets his moments near the end of this, the series but uh yeah i love him and i love him in battle and yeah i just just he's he's a great character i love him he's one of my favorites 
Yeah, I I can't agree more. Like this is the one of my favorite supporting characters in in Xenosaga, and uh, he's so like calm and cool and collected. And what the hell is up with this kid? <laughs> <laughs> he's such a nice guy. He's such a nice guy. Seems so nice and kind, but also <laughs> like terrifying in its own way. <laughs> Plus, that design is just aces, especially uh, the Xenosaga Three costume. Ah, uh, like, his pants oh, look so comfy. His pants I look love so those comfy. comfy, baggy pants. <laughs> yeah, even as someone who doesn't know much about chaos, I can't wait to learn more. Um, mm-hmm. they, 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 and I think that Xenosaga does a really good job of this by the end of the game, at least, of setting up all like all these like mystery dominoes that you want to knock down mm-hmm. um, and chaos i think is one of the biggest ones personally because mm-hmm. it's like this this, this this person has to be enormously important to what's happening here uh mm-hmm. but outside of that you know it's i feel like chaos is really fun to control in battle uh, really fun to use in battle i like his aoe um skills with angel wings i think is what it's called mm-hmm. uh, it was very useful for me um he's fast and he just has like this level of sort of considered kindness that I think is really fascinating. Um, just sort of watching him like sort of watch over all of this is sort of this like embedded godlike figure, I'm guessing, um, I think is fascinating. Also the choice to not capitalize his name. <laughs> right. Yes. That is so <laughs> early two thousands JRPG. I love it. Such a choice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so we have one last pick the end of the draft wes who is your final pick i left animal mascot open um, because i felt safe but i also wanted to make sure we ended on something big something important something grand and i feel like i've accomplished that because i am drafting turters from xenoblade chronicles ah. 2 <laughs> the small handheld turtle pet and mascot of zeke and pandoria <laughs> often seen being doted on wildly or just resting on zeke's head or shoulder <laughs> this uh this turtle has no role in the story um no real you know mysteries to solve no no real importance besides it is just the cutest little turtle that you have ever seen and uh zeke loves it pandoria loves it and we all love it <laughs> turters yes turters <laughs> very very cute creature I Can't completely forgot about Turters. It's an excellent choice. <laughs> yes. Needed to go out, go out on a high note for me. <laughs> okay, so that is the end of the draft. And so what I am going to do real quick here is I am going to read out for all the listeners our complete teams. And you can think about whose is the best. It's mine. Um, and think about, uh, even though I only have characters from like literally two games (laughs) so we're going to start with wes's team wes's protagonist is shulk antagonist telos cosmos bart jinizuki urger kaiser turchers and (laughs) goro majima (laughs) i can't help but laugh at that (laughs) tyler's team is shion albedo nia ziggy chaos rena mazuo is that right Rin uh, I think it's Rin Mazuo. But Rin Mazuo, whatever. The bunny and Phoenix Wright from Ace Attorney. <laughs> and then you have my team, which is Laura, Jin, Uni, Morag, Mio, Ophion, Riku, and Vincent Valentine. And then you have Izzy's team, Faye, Wilhelm, Melia, 
Emeralda, Ellie, the Xenogears, Xenogear, Xenogear. Yeah. <laughs> Albi and Gio from Batankaitis Origins. So I have one final question to ask of all of you. And if you've ever participated or listened to a draft episode, you might know what's coming. In any given fantasy football league that I've ever been in, most important thing, honestly, and whoever wins the league really is the team name. So what I need everybody to do, and we can do this in just in whatever order you guys come up with them, is I need a name for your team. Gilo and the Zohars. This is an excellent choice. Excellent choice. Gilo and the Zohars. That is so Zeno that I don't even know what to say. I love it so much. I'm still thinking about mine. Oh, I got mine. Mine is Ginny and the Jets. Um, team trauma. <laughs> that could be any of the teams. But <laughs> That's true. That's true. Wes, I have high expectations for you. I want you to know that. Oh, because the last time I did a draft with you, yours was by far the best. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm so close to pulling it together. <laughs> I think my team is the Mad Dogs of the Encephalon. <laughs> yeah, yep. gotta put my power player front and center. There you go. <laughs> okay, so we have four team names. Wes's team name is Mad Dogs of the Encephalon. Tyler's is Team Trauma. <laughs> Mine is Ginny and the Jets. Boo. <laughs> and then Izzy's is Gio and the Zohars. <laughs> and that is the end of our draft episode. Thank all three of you so much for joining me. I had a blast uh, sort of going through my lost memories of Xenogears. <laughs> uh, <laughs> learning a little bit about what I have to look forward to in Xenosaga and uh, getting into something a little bit meatier with Xenoblade. So uh, thank, thank you guys so much for joining me. Yeah, this was fun. It was really fun. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it's always fun to have your picks stolen and then get to steal other people's picks. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of that in this one, didn't we? We sure yeah. did. Yeah, there was, a lot, there was a lot of snaking for sure. Uh, so let's talk about what's coming up next on Retro Encounter. So um, you, you might not have noticed, and I maybe I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. This episode came a little bit earlier uh, than we originally intended. But there were some scheduling conflicts that created some changes. So uh, this is going to come in January, whereas it was originally supposed to come in February. So that means there are some other changes here as well. Next week, we're going to have an episode about games that need a re-release or a remaster. I hope Xenosaga will come up on it. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> and then after that, we're playing two. Um, we're going to have two episodes about Ogre Battle 64. And then after that, uh, we were uh, originally going to have Lost Odyssey, but that has been pushed to April for similar scheduling reasons. And we're going to have two episodes instead about Star Tropics 1 and Star Tropics 2, Zoda's Revenge. You will not hear me on those episodes because I don't want to expose myself to that pain again. <laughs> Uh, but uh, otherwise, um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email us at retro at RPGfan.com. You can also leave us feedback on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
you can find us on Discord, YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find us all over the internet. Leave us feedback. We love feedback, mostly of the positive variety. <laughs> and we also have a shop. So if you go to RPGFan.com, you can see that we have an RPG Fan shop where you can get a lot of merch. I've got a couple of mugs. I've got a couple of t-shirts. I do love RPG Fan. We also have two other fine podcasts. One is Random Encounter uh, every two weeks, mostly about randomness and really current events. And that is hosted by John O'Logan. And then the other uh, week of those two weeks is Rhythm Encounter about RPG music, hosted mostly by Mike Salvato. And uh, we've already talked about how you can reach us or you can reach the podcast. So how can you reach us individually, starting with you, Wes? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Wes Isler. That's about it. Cool. Tyler? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, at Cosmos Chaos, which is a Xenoslug reference. Yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> and Izzy, how can we find you? Uh, so I don't really do social media, so if you, you, you know, if you put feedback on one of the official RPG fan social media pages, I'm sure it'll get to me. <laughs> Someone will tell me about it. Perfect. Um, and uh, I'm a teacher, so my social media is closed off to everybody. <laughs> uh, but you can reach me via email, uh, ZachW at RPGFan.com, or you can find me on RPG Fans Discord at ZachW. And uh, again, uh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining me. Uh, I had a blast. I look forward to my team beating all of yours in the coming weeks during the fantasy season. And thanks <laughs> so much, everybody, for listening. <laughs> thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Good night. Good night.